Chapter 33 continues where chapter 31 left off. 32, the chapter on loving a fellow Jew, was a, a nice parenthesis to where we were going. But now we continue with the themes of how a person can achieve joy. What meditations can help a person achieve joy? So chapter 31, we spoke about breaking out of Egypt and being able to rush back to God. Now we're going to talk about meditations that a person can think about godliness itself. And these meditations are not extras. They're not, oh, it's cute. You know, let's go think about God. No, it's foundational to the Tanya philosophy that a person can only relate, develop a relationship with Hashem, a deep relationship, if they understand as much as they could understand. In the words of Maimonides, You could only love God based on how much you know of Him. So here he's going to offer a few meditations. He says, I want you to think deeply and picture in the intellect the idea of God's unity. That unity doesn't only mean that there's one God, but that everything is God. One God means there's a God, but there's other things that aren't gods, but they're there. No, no, no. Everything is godliness. How God fills all worlds, upper and lower, just like a soul pervades the body, and that's how it animates the body, gives a life, so too Hashem permeates all the worlds. And that becomes the life force of every reality. In the upper worlds, there's obviously more life force. The higher spiritual worlds, there's more of God's life force. In the lower worlds, there's less. But it's all God. And then a person should consider how even this physical world, Haaretz Hazu, this land, Kvodo Yisbarach, is full of God, of God's energy. And now everything is of no, no reality whatsoever in God's presence. It's only Hashem alone in the upper and lower worlds. Just like it was Hulavado, it was God alone before creation. It was absolutely only godliness. So too now, even though in our reality there's existence, in God's reality this is all non-existent. It's only godliness. So that question, do we exist, from our perspective, yes. From God's perspective, only if he wills us into existence. But nothing is affected, because if everything's God and God is everything, then we cannot affect God. Any, if we can affect God, and I mean change him, then God is not constant. So this world has no effect on him unless he allows it to. So if the means it has no effect, that means fundamentally it's not here. It doesn't play any part. It's not real. It's only a fantasy that God allows us to believe in. But God is greater than this. God is alone without any change whatsoever. For relation to Him, the very existence of all created things is non-existent. So from His perspective, everything stays the way it started off. And He gives an analogy of desire. He says, when a person has a desire, it makes no difference if you have a desire and uh, you know, you're English speaking or you're French speaking, desire is the same. Later on, it articulates itself in letters and you know, how, the, how you can express it in writing and words. But when you have the desire, all the letters are totally nullified. All the vocabulary is nullified within the desire. So too, this world, God's 
speaks it into existence, but fundamentally the words, the letters, are nullified within God's deep desire. Now this is a hard idea to get. That's why he says you have to meditate. Because fundamentally, what are you meditating? You're meditating that you don't exist. Not in an Eastern philosophy kind of way, but from a godly perspective. But the, what's the point of this meditation? Okay, so I don't exist. Thanks, have a great day. No, because how great and beautiful is it that then God comes and says, even though you don't exist in reality, I will give you the gift of feeling you exist. And I'll give you the gift of allowing your, you to build a relationship with me. And that will bring an incredible joy because God's allowing me, who technically I'm a nothing, to build a relationship with him. It's like the, he uses the analogy of a king who comes and says, build a relationship with me. You're like, but why? Why would you want to? That joy is unbelievable. He says, how great and joy is the how great is the joy of a common and low person when they're brought too close to a king of flesh and blood? How much more so, infinitely more, once able and ought to rejoice in the fact that I'm able to build a home for Hashem in, the, in my heart. As it is written, me who is the person who dares to approach me, says God, and yet God allows us to approach him. Hashem wants to build a home within me? <gasps> That's a joy. But I can only achieve that joy if I first meditate how I'm a nothing. If I take myself very seriously, God wants to make a home with me. Of course, what do you mean? I'm the coolest thing since sliced bread. No, 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 you're not. And still God loves you. 